very good morning to you. Happy Valentine's Day oh. to all the lovers out there. What have you done for your beautiful bride? Are you asking them or me? You're asking the lovers I'm or me? I'm looking at you. Yeah. Uh, I said goodbye to her this morning and have done nothing. We're not big on it, man. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, I had a lovely card waiting on my brief. Did you really? left this morning. Oh, for now, you. Now for I'm you. feeling guilty. I hope Cess isn't awake yet. Well, Vanessa's cooked some nice heart-shaped cookies. Yes, we've had them. Oh, you're mm-hmm. not supposed to have them. Take them home. Oh. <laughs> Don't waste them all in here. <laughs> so keep an eye on how many staff come in this morning because if they take one each, we mightn't have one to take home. Oh, no. Hey, we're here for uh, Burbank Homes, the building you can trust. You can bank on Burbank. And Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona N-Line footy's back. Hills officially, page 59 of the Courier. The teams are there for the trials this weekend. Oh, right, eh? oh, oh, how excited. It's not very exciting at all, mate, because cricket's finished. That's uh, No, it know, hasn't. Just about. We got smacked last night. Yeah, I know. That was, uh, well, it's not a bad West Indian side. No. Uh, you know, Australia were going well at 5 for 79. And then Dre Russ comes in. Remember I said, why yeah. does he bat so low all the time? It must be his choice because you would be having him up at five, you know, in that team as often as you could. Mm. And there you go, 71 off 29. And they post 220 against us. The other bloke I hadn't heard of either, Rutherford. He made 67-not. Well, you, you would have been at your board meeting and probably missed it. Yeah. It all backfired on Matty Wade <laughs> because Shafane had a period there where he faced 14 or 15 balls straight yes. and was smacking them all over the place. And finally they took a single and Wade just walked past <laughs> Dre Russ and said, oh, you actually out here. Haven't seen you for a while. And yeah. then, he, then he just proceeded to launch. And yeah, get a piece of this. Oh, yeah, cop some of this. So he finished with 71 off 29, four four seven sixes, so 58 in boundaries and took it to Zampa. Zampa finished with his worst international T20 figures ever, one, for, one for 65. He's had a funny time this year, oh, mm. this year, this season, Zampa. Remember the first couple of games of the World Cup, the one-day World Cup? Mm. He, he had a bad back and, and he wasn't playing well. Wasn't playing well at all, and then he stormed uh, home in that tournament. Whether they got the back ride or not, I'm not sure. But you know that team, Charles Mayer's Poran is one of the great hitters in T Twenty world. Uh, Chase Powell, you know that that is a decent um, attack. But none of them, none of them are better than Rutherford. Uh, not Rutherford Russell. Why yeah. is he down there? Um, and then their bowling was pretty good too. Yeah. Well, as you said, they were five for 79 in the ninth, so they then went at 12 and over after this. Uh, Russell was 71 of 29, Rutherford 67, unbeaten of 40. Uh, Xavier Bartlett are good again, two for 37. He's He's been fantastic, hasn't he, when he's put the Australian colours on. Any swing? Did you see yeah, any of it? Yeah, a little bit of it early, yeah. Yeah, bit. swung? Yeah, yeah, he moved it around. Um, the Australians finished five for 183, so the West Indies won pretty easily by 37 yeah, runs. Even though Warner's greatness, yeah, Warner was great. Eight for 81 off 49. He was uh, he was superb early. Cop one in the head. Did he? Uh, but the the Warner the Warner innings was great, and we we might just play a few highlights because it's significant this innings. And hold the balls. Warner pulls and pulls it for four. Joseph Bowles. Warner edges just wide a first slip down to the boundary for four. Holders with him now. And he's hit it beautifully. Hard and high over the mid-wicket boundary it goes. Four rows back and a spectator 
has taken the catch. Bowls to Warner, who picks him up first ball and hits him for six over long on. Is that Russell Coyne commentating? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Arthur, actually. Bit of Uncle Arthur there. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's good knock by Davey Warner, yeah, well, and he reckons that, yeah, there's no coming back after the T20 World Cup. Yeah, the, the significance of this one is that it is more than likely to be his final ever international match in Australia. He's been able to cling on to relevancy, hasn't he, uh, to extend his career. So the, the, those one days they've just played, or T20s they've just played against WI, you know, haven't got any context other than getting ready for a World Cup. Yep. And, and if if he hasn't, if he didn't have the World Cup coming up or the Sydney Test at the end of the summer, he, he would have. They would have retired him earlier. Yep, there's no doubt about that. Well, and he said he said that as much. No, no, I'm well and truly done. Um, it's time for the youngsters to come through and uh, showcase their talent. And we've got extreme talent here. And you've got a lot of the guys here from Perth that are in this team at the moment. And uh, we got uh, we're in we're in good stead for the future. There's a little bit of a sad that and everything comes to an end. But yeah, his last international innings uh, in a, in Australia, so um, a momentous night for him in a match that didn't count for much. And he did well. Mm. He did really well. Um, yeah, Mitch Marsh is you know that is that going to be our order? What what is our order going to be? We've been jostling for positions a little too much for my liking. Inglis dropped down to four. Hardy stayed at three. Travis Head still not in there yet. So who is going to open the batting? It, it's Head and Warner, isn't it? Then Marsh at three. Should we have put Marsh at three last night? Uh, and Tim David is coming good, which is great to see. Um, so without David and Warner in there last night, we would have been pretty average. Mm. Hey, lots on the show today, and we'd love to hear from you. That Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line, 13, 13 55. Bronx with their mayor culpa yesterday. We'll show a little bit more of that. They were just doing their press conference as we were wrapping up our show yesterday, I know Benny would have played a little bit of it. We've got a bit more of it here. You can text us on 0467 736 736. Um, we'd love to uh, – we're a big chance, hopefully, of getting Kevy at some stage this morning. Um, you had, had a liaise with him yesterday. I want to say a big cheers to Bryce from Yapoon. Have a listen to this. He goes, morning, lads. Just dropped my son at Union Cairns and now have a 13-hour drive home. So lots of SEN today. That's what we like to hear, Bryce. My son joined a new footy club last night and he was so nervous he's playing at Ivanhoe's, who's A-grade coach is Josh Dugan. My wife's terrified. Laugh out loud. <laughs> terrified of Josh or terif- terrified of North Queensland footy comp? Um, I think probably both. Yes. I think probably I think if he's, if he's quick enough, he'll be right. Mars has got a new take on, um, uh, on Valentine's Day. He's saying happy, happy decimal currency day, Paddy, after giving me a little slap as well. Um, yes, it was. February 14th, you remember? You wouldn't remember the jingle. You're too young. Was that in 66? Income the dollars and income the cents to replace the pounds and the shillings. And there you go. I still remember it. Oh, when, when that's there was a It was a little ditty that the government put out to convert us all over. So 66, I would have been. Is that nine? Six, was it 66? I think it was what's, 66. What's decimal yeah. mean? Uh, um, multitudes of 10. So your dollar and. Ten dollars and hundred dollars, yeah. Whereas the pounds were a little bit different. Were they? Yeah. What? What? One five ten. One yeah, well, five ten. 20. I don't know, Mars. You might remember. There wasn't a shilling worth twelve pence or something like that. I think. Or, oh, I just thought ten, ten no. pence is no, no, selling no. A, no. What about threepence? <laughs> Three. Yeah, in the <laughs> right. Christmas pud. Um, Halfpenny. Penny. Mm. 
Yeah, halfpenny. Um, What's halfpenny? Halfpenny, wasn't it? Mm. Is that half a half a cent? Mm. How many aniseeds ball could, balls could you get for that one? Couple. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Did you do that? Yeah. I used to get 20 for five cents. <laughs> 20 aniseed balls, but you walked around smelling like licorice all day. Thank you, Mars. It is Valentine's Day, though. But, uh, yeah, decimal currency day as well. Um, yeah, as I said, lots of footy, uh, Hills, and we'll go through that. We've got Jimmy Lanahan on, Titans assistant. Um, Desi not showing much of his hand for their trial of the he? weekend. Um, yeah, no, the, a lot of their big guns have been rested. But in saying that, the, the rest of them uh, are putting out pretty strong teams. Bronx, powerful squad for the Cows and on Mackay, in Mackay on Sunday afternoon, including Reese Walsh, Selwyn Cobber. We'll get a look at him in the centres. And uh, Sunday's antagonist, Reynolds and Carrigan. They will... Uh, they will also be out. They spoke yesterday, mm. as you've heard, probably across many media outlets. But uh, let's have a listen to, uh, again, the, some of that press conference, which I think was great on the Broncos' behalf. But they went on the front foot, trotted them out, stuck them in front of the media and the microphones, which are an extension of the fans, and uh, made them, not made them, basically said, you get up there and say what you thought about your actions on Sunday night in the Valley. Yeah, firstly, I uh, just want to apologise uh, for our actions on the weekend. Um, we take full responsibility of what happened. Obviously, not good enough. Um, we're pretty disappointed in it. And uh, as a club, we've come a long way with our culture. And um, looking back to getting on the front foot and owning what we've done. Um, looking forward to getting moving forward now and um, yeah, bearing it and, and concentrating on footy. Yeah, just a second what uh, Rene said. I just want to take uh, full responsibility for my actions. Um, yeah, it's obviously uh, not ideal behaviour uh, that I'm proud of, but um, as a club we're moving forward and, um, yeah, I'm, um, I'm standing side by side with Adam and I expect responsibility for that. Yeah, lots of shots on the news last night on all the news services and training side by side and a few laughs as they, you know, belted each other as they normally do at training. So, look... They, it doesn't look like the NRL Integrity Unit are going to make a decision until after Vegas. Oh, so, that's a surprise. Yeah, so I'd say what's going to – and Kevy, you know, basically said as much that they will wait to make their decisions on penalties until after the Integrity Unit. So, in other words, status quo remains. They go with the team to Vegas, play the game, come back and then cop whatever penalty it is, whether it's a match or whether it's just fines. And I, I haven't really heard Kevy uh, talking or even Carl, the chairman of the Broncos, but it just needs a little bit of uh, perspective to say this is not the worst thing in the world. No. And, and it could have been a lot worse, but it's not good enough, like Adam Reynolds did say. Well, here's Kevy from yesterday. It's not a relaxed attitude, but, you know, I have walked in their shoes before and um, it's, sometimes it's, it's, it's not easy. Um, rugby league's a very competitive sport, lots of testosterone and boys like that have fun and, well, not always their men and, and wrestle it. Obviously got a bit out of hand, so it, it's disappointing, but it's not the end of the world. What sort of example does this set for young boys and girls who are fans? No, it's not a great example at all. It's not something that any of us are proud of, but it's happened. Um, and everyone makes mistakes. I'm sure you've made a couple in your life, or you've been special and haven't made one. 
<laughs> well, there you go. That's perfect. That, uh, perfect. That, <laughs> the, the, that's not the worst thing in the world comment uh, to come out. That was good. Yeah, well, I don't know. Vanessa's just arrived in the studio. She's got the arms folded in a combative yeah, stance. She, I mean, she wasn't happy with the Bronx yesterday morning. Um, you've listened to the uh, the mayor Corpus. You've listened to the coach. Um, uh, what does mayor Corpus mean again? Oh, uh, just I'm sorry. Like a peace offering. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you know, I hear them say the words, I take full responsibility, I just want to move forward. But, you know, there there won't really be consequences for their actions. They won't be banned. And yeah, so no, I don't think I they don't will. Think they will. But Albert Kelly has never been seen again since yeah. he stood on Payne's shoes and they had a scuffle in a foyer which was filmed. So all these things mm. go on at every club every weekend and, a, and much, much less than in society. Yeah. And if it gets filmed, they, they, there are consequences. Yeah, There'll I mean, be consequences. You but can't, you do can't. they hurt? Maybe not. Not really. They should be made to do more clinics or, oh, you know, school yeah, well, visits. Yeah, that's exactly that right. kind of thing. Yeah, well, they do that now, but yeah. more always good. Yeah. And I love my idea where <laughs> go and, or some of that fines go to the restaurants and wherever they got moved on from and mm-hmm. they were pains. In those areas, yeah, go and do a shift. Yeah, go and do a shift on the door of yeah. one of those restaurants or, or nightclubs. You know. Mm. All right, what's happening? Okay, look, well, an update today on the state government's moves in regards to youth crime, and we're seeing the Premier, uh, Parliament resumed yesterday. The Premier's outlined some plans that he wants to change laws around the justice system. So part of the problem, and especially after the stabbing of grandmother Vileen White, uh, has been the access to courtrooms. And so Stephen Miles wants to see greater access to the courtrooms for the families of victims who are killed by youth offenders and for the media as well. But in saying that, he says that the full public access would still be restricted. Children still wouldn't be able to be identified. But, it, you know, it perhaps just brings a, a little bit more of that process into the public and for the victims' families, you know, for them to be able to actually sit there and and hear what's happening because they do probably feel a bit removed from that process. Mm. So anyway, those will need need to pass through state parliament, so we'll keep an eye on that. Now, if you've had to call any company's customer service line lately, chances are you've been left on hold for quite a while. Mm, New stats today. We spent a total of 107 million hours (laughs) stuck on hold waiting for issues to be resolved. That was in Australia last year. That's an average of more than 10 hours each. Now, the worst offenders, retail stores came on top of the list. 62% of customers say they were left hanging on the phone for hours. Government services, banks also on the list. And they say that the time spent on hold during work hours last year equated to $1.28 billion in lost productivity. So when we've had to call between those nine to five hours and using our work time to do it. So, look, I know a lot of those systems are automated and even when you find what you get through to someone, they then put you through to someone else who puts you through to someone else. Isn't it funny how when you're paying a bill you can get straight through? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it takes you about a minute. Absolutely, (laughs) I know. And look, lastly, Valentine's Day today. Ah. And while not everybody celebrates, Australians are expected to fork out today more than $450 million on Valentine's Day. Uh, So 3.4 million Australians are going to buy gifts this year to show their love. 
it is down a little bit, cost of living crisis and all, so that the spending is down a little bit and uh, it seems younger people spend more mm-hmm. and the older you get, the less you spend on Valentine's Day. Because your love is obvious. So I don't know whether, I know the restaurants are all packed, but I don't know whether they love it completely because they're all tables for two, aren't they? Yeah, well, that's right. You're not getting a so huge table bill. You don't go out in groups bill. of six or eight for Valentine's Night. They've that's got to true. split the restaurant up. But no flat. set menus tonight. <laughs> um, but flororists and flower growers as well. Oh, yeah. the red roses through the roof. Today, so through the roof. What about Do the unknown, something nice The today. unknown Valentine. You know, what do you mean? It, that's what it was, wasn't it? You'd get something at school mm, on no. your bag. Oh, you'd find out. Oh, so I wonder where that's come from. Yeah. No, well, I'd prefer not to talk. That stained me. It never happened to me. So. Me, me either. <laughs> I heard about it. You saw other people <laughs> get it. Yeah, well, I heard them. Does that still happen? I wonder. <laughs> One of our loyal listeners, Maddie from uh, Ipswich, for happy Valentine's Day, boys. I love the show. Just a quick one just to leave you with, here, Vanessa. Um, morning, Patton Heels. This is from Brett. I thought Kevin Walters handled the presser with class. Surely it's time for the media to jog on. There were no guns, knives, swords involved, just boys on the soup wrestling. As Kev said, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Yes, even See, now, they now didn't I've, have swords Now out. I've got the hands on the hips. Look, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's the double teapot. <laughs> I better get Sugar to a bowl. Yeah, That's our <laughs> mortar. Yeah. Oh, no. But you know what Merv would do? They yeah. get the double teapot and AB would move him yeah. like that. And it's 60 metres away. That is way down there, right? So, you know, you'd move your hand from left to right. Yep. And, and, and because his palm was facing to the right, he wanted him to move to his left down there. But Merv would always claim, well, I can't see where your palm is, mate. And, and, and it, when he'd move his hand back to move it to the right again, Merv would go that way. way. He'd go the wrong way every time at AB. They'd get the teapot, you big idiot. <laughs> All right, it's 6.21. On Patton Heels for breakfast, it's time for the Racing Queensland update. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Plenty of text this morning, particularly about the Bronx. We'll get to that. 7.20, Kevy's going to join us, um, and we really appreciate his time this morning. If you'd like to join us, the open line is 13.13.55. That text line, uh, which has been busy, 0467-736-736. But let's talk a little bit of racing. Chris Nelson joining us. We had a couple of quiet days in the uh, Queensland front, but we're back at Doombin today, mate. Yeah, we have. Good morning, Paddy. Good morning, Heels. We have had a couple of uh, non-racing days in Queensland, but that's all set to change. We've got eight races at Doombin today. I reckon we'll be about on a good four. We were soft five yesterday morning and haven't had any rain, as far as I know, in the area. So uh, we should be back to a good four today with only the chance of a shower during the day. Hey, uh, we were just talking off air. We had a chat to uh, the, the guys that are, that are involved in Storm Boy couple of the Queenslanders, and uh, it's a hell of a story. I mean, we know Storm Boy's got to go on and now hopefully win the Triple Crown with uh, Golden Slipper, etc. but the whole deal with Coolmore could be worth $60 million. I mean, that is the stuff of dreams, isn't it? Yeah, it's not bad. When you go and buy a horse, uh, it's always a dream to have it turn out that way, but uh, it doesn't happen to too many, that's for sure, but good luck to all concerned. And, yeah, hopefully hopefully the horse can uh, can take off the triple crown and then the uh, the dollars will really go through the roof. Ooh, I think it was like high fours, wasn't it? They bought it for high 400s. And, yes, and re- 400, remember Gay yeah. paraded it out of Penrith Hotel yeah. and yeah. a few other pundits, pundits could buy in. Uh, yeah, one walks into a pub with a horse. <laughs> Why the long face? Oh. <laughs> right, I find us a winner today. No, not too many of those owners that have long faces these days. No, exactly sure. right. 
All right, here we go. Race two, number six. This might uh, take you back to your old-time music collection, guys. Bucks Fizz. Ah. Uh, one trained by O'Day Hoisted. Had the one start, ran third at Eagle Farm. Uh, it was a good effort. Began well, but then had to go back from the wide gate. And if you look at her trials, she has gone forward. So I would expect her to go forward today. And that effort at Eagle Farm was good. She was wide from halfway. How's Boris Thornton going, Chris? He's going well. Yeah. He's actually, he wrote a uh, he wrote Ocean Czar last week, which was the good thing at the midweeker at Eagle Farm. And he wrote it like the good horse that she is and uh, was too strong. So, no, he's going along nicely, nice. uh, Boris. Uh, race three, number nine. Now, I want to tip your horse number seven, Caxton Lassie, but she just keeps drawing these horrible gates, mm. and she's got one again today. So number nine, Grand Meteor, uh, second at Eagle Farm, some race that uh, Bucks Fizz comes out of, ran second there, as I said. That was a good effort up on speed, kept going nicely. I think today with that run under the belt, Ryan Maloney from a good gate will be very hard to beat. Race three, number nine. Yep. I'm going to throw in one here, H-Way, in the uh, mile race. Race five, number four, Cosmic Gossip. Just looks beautifully placed. Uh, last start third in a stronger race behind Corfe Castle at the sunny coast. That form has been franked. Carries less weight, drawn beautifully. Each way, race five, number four, Cosmic Gossip. And one more, race eight, number 10, Fumico for Tony Gollan. Busting to get to 1,200 metres. Today is the day she should be winning that last race. Race eight, number 10. All right, I'll go through those. Race six, race two, I should say, the six. Race three, the nine, with a little watch for... Uh, Caxton Lass yeah. from our stable. Uh, race five is the four on an each-way basis. And race eight, the lucky last at 5.45 this afternoon, number 10, Fumiko from the Gollan Barn. It's getting a bit late, isn't it? It, it is. is. With the, uh, yeah, with the uh, days getting a little bit shorter, yes. Gilles, so we don't, want, we don't want anything going wrong where we have a, uh, a delay of any sort. And just before I go, guys, mm-hmm. uh, some trials yesterday at Doombin. Uh, Golden Boom looked good. Maybe he can bounce back next start. Uncommon James looked very good, winning Heat 3, beating Star Tontes. So some of these horses back in town all ready to go south. So what does Uncommon James do? Will we get a start out of Uncommon James in Queensland or head straight down? I'm not sure where he's heading, but I would imagine, well, I would have thought the Oakley Plate would be his goal, and if it is, it's less than two weeks away. Yeah. So um, we probably wouldn't see him in Queensland if that was the case. Chris Dalton, thank you very much. It's just gone 6.31 here on Breakfast with Patton Hills. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Special guest on the show now, Broncos coach Kevin Walters got it front and centre yesterday and uh, had the two antagonists up as well. He's skipper and his co-captain uh, as well, and his vice-captain, I should say. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no worries, boys. Good morning. How are we? Um, well, yeah, thanks, good. mate. Um, not the sort of headlines you wanted this close to a season, obviously. No, it's not. Um, you know, the, the instance that happened on, on Sunday night, Certainly none of us are, are proud of or wanted it to happen, but it has happened and I felt we've got you know, right in front of it and addressed uh, the issue. And then now it's in the hands of the NRL Integrity Unit and, you know, we'll just get on with things. And thankfully, there's some football on this one again yeah. up in uh, Mackay for us, so that'll be a good distraction. <laughs> Kevin, can I just ask who drove yesterday? Who, 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 uh, who said that the two players were going to front the media and front the microphones? Well, the two players were the, were all part of the group. Myself, Dave Donaghy, and the two players, and Steel Talent, who's our media person or head of media, head of communications. Um, 
it was all decided that we just got to get in front of it. And the boys were happy to do that. They're happy to, to own what you know what they've done. Um, and so we thought that was the, the, the best idea rather than, you know, trying to hide behind it, just get out in front of it and uh, let's get on with things, yeah. It, it was probably very lazy, wasn't it? When they got in their little scuffle, they didn't stop it. They just, oh, I'm going, I'm just going to give him another clip and it just, it just got out yeah. of hand a bit, I bet. Well, you, you've seen the ex-Broncos players in your dressing room heels after <laughs> one-day games at the Gabba uh, with the carry-on. So, yeah, it, it is just play wrestle, and it just turned a bit, bit nasty at the back end of it. But there's nothing sinister in it. They're all they get on famously. All these these boys. I've never, you know, I've, I've been around lots of groups that have got great connections, you know, within the the playing roster, and this is one of those groups. So, yeah, just one of those things that that. Uh, Went went bad late in the night. Well, yeah. not wasn't even that late, really. It's just um, yeah, just just turned sour. So you were reported to be furious. Was that the case, or just uh, explain to us how you did feel? I wasn't furious. I felt sorry for the for the two boys involved more than anything because I know what sort of people they are. And uh, Pat Carrigan and and Reno, our captain, both do so much. You know, in and around the community, uh, they're such good people. <laughs> Everywhere they go, so they, you know, made a uh, poor decision um, on, on Sunday night, and they're, you know, paying a consequence for that decision. I'm sure they're, they're learning from it as well. It's important um, when you do make these types of mistakes that you that you learn from it. I've certainly, you know, I'm no angel myself when it comes to this sort of stuff. But you know, this was 20, 30 years ago where you know things have changed and, and the and the environment has changed. But um, you know, it's just one of those things that happen, and we just got to, we've dealt with it, so we're we're getting on with it. Yeah, and we'll move on as well. We've had a caller earlier about drinking culture, Kevy. I'm I'm with you. I mean, sure, twenty or thirty years ago, and to a certain extent, I was a part of it. You know, when I'm living with the Broncos, going to every training session, yeah, uh, you'd have a few drinks and all that sort of thing. But I just don't think that culture exists now. And this yeah. was the week, as you know, like. You have your fan day. You've got your launch this week. This was the week we'd say, "Well, boys, thanks for an unbelievably tough preseason. Have a night out." And they're yeah. entitled to a night out. They're kids. They, they certainly are. And yeah, as far as the drinking culture in, in rugby league now, it's it's very it, times have changed so much, and it had to because the, the players now, um, if they do, you know, have a drink, it just puts them behind their training behind because. Back in the day, uh, when we were playing, every, every, most teams, you know, had a beer after games, the, the like, regardless of, you know, there was no shorter turnarounds w- with matching and scheduling. So, uh, but today, sometimes it's five and six day turnarounds and, and these players really want to look after themselves and after their body because that's their tool to, to you know, get them, the better they look after themselves, the longer they can stay in the game as such. Right. So they're, they're pretty, they're very good. Very good these days, and it was just an unfortunate incident, you know, on Sunday night. Um, and we're, you know, as we say, we're working together as a club to, to put that behind us, but also move forward and learn from the mistakes. You can't dictate what the integrity unit's going to do, but what are your expectations? A fine, smack on the backside, yeah. play on. Well, I'm expecting a fine, which you, um, you know, and the boys, uh, the men that involved it, are totally in agreement with, and then we just get on with things. We, you know, got to. Match on, you know, on Sunday night up in Mackay against the Cowboys, which is a trial game, and then we head to Vegas or Los Angeles first next Thursday. And we're there for about ten days, and we head across to Vegas for round one against the Roosters. Which, for me, that's the exciting part of of what's happening. It's a shame what happened on Sunday night, but we've, as I say, we've addressed it and we're, we're moving forward now. Yeah.
Uh, how would you answer a critic, in the, which I picked off Talkback Radio yesterday, sort of saying it was horrible disrespect to the greatest game of all? Oh, I think that's a bit harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys are great representatives of our game. Um, whoever that caller was or person was, tell them to drop down to the Broncos uh, fan day and see what the players are doing amongst the community with our fans. Um, I sat next to Ezra Mam signing for about an hour. Yep. And the way for a 21-year-old kid and the way he handled the situation with lots of different uh, people and cultures, it, it was amazing uh, how how good he made people feel after, you know, signing their jersey or a card or getting a photo. He's very welcoming and understanding. And whether it was a, you know, 70-year-old woman or, you know, five-year-old boy or girl, he was tremendous with them. And all of our guys are like that. It was great feedback from everyone on the day on Sunday. It's just, um, you know, they're good people. And that's that's why they've been, you know, pretty successful the last couple of years Mm. because they work hard, they train hard, and they they play hard. And that's what it's about. Hey, Kevy, maybe... Maybe the bad bit for me is they were moved on from a venue or more. Um, that, yeah. That, you know, hopefully, can you go back and address those venues and maybe put a, have the yeah. boys put a bit of time into them? Yeah, well, it was only the one venue, I believe, Fields, um, and that's where actually the boys have gone back and are going to do some work around that and yes. making sure that everything's okay uh, at the venue because... Now, that's not what they're like either. I mean, they're very respectful. It's just that demon uh, alcohol. It's, it's got all of us at different times in our in yes. our lives uh, where you do things that you, you shouldn't, you know, and certainly that's the case. And, with, you know, on Sunday night, there's a few things that happened that, that shouldn't have, um, certainly shouldn't have, and we're not happy about it and we're disappointed with what's happened, but we are trying to get on with it and understand that, you know, we'll get around Paddy and get around Reno and a few of the other boys and make sure they're right. Uh, to get on with the season. All right, uh, let's talk footy. You've got Selwyn Cobbo in the centres, I think. That's the one, I, I suppose, that's been yeah. a, a pet project. Tell us how that's going. Yeah. Oh, it's good, yeah. He's Selwyn's um, certainly a, a footy player as such. He, he doesn't need to think a, a lot about what he's doing on the field. A lot of it just comes naturally for him. A lot of those Indigenous boys have natural instincts, you know, on the field, whether it's defending or getting the ball or being in the right position to accept the ball. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing... Uh, Selwyn play in the centres. Uh, he's played a lot at centre position as a kid and fullback. So he's played sort of all those positions and a lot of wing for us as well. And everyone knows that. So uh, very excited for for Selwyn to get the opportunity. You know, at left centre. I'm sure he'll be be great for us. You know, over the season. He's quite a talent. Hey, the other one, mate, which is a beautiful dilemma for coaches. Tristan Saylor, boy, was good the other night. Oh, he was fantastic. Yeah, in the trial against Winterman. And, and to be fair to Tristan, he was very good when he came in last year at different stages. So we're, we're trying to work, you know, a plan around bringing him into the 17, you know, at some stage. But uh, I feel it's best to, to – our best team to start the season will be one pretty close to, to that finished off last year. I know we've got four players that have moved on, but we've also had some players, you know, play in those positions throughout the year. So if we can start the season really solid with a nice, you know, uh, solid lineup, and then gradually as the season goes on, we can introduce different traits and, and specialties that will – to yeah. improve us, I believe, as a footy team. Mm. How did the big fella go? The 205 centimetre Takura. <laughs> he's a mountain man, I can tell you. I mean, he's actually taller than Nelson, than Big Nelson uh, down at the Storm. Yeah. He weighs about uh, 120. He's, well, depending on what day it is, he can weigh 125 
kilos one day and 130 the next. A bit like you and me, heels in our brain. <laughs> we just can't get the low ones. <laughs> Mate, what, what, uh, and, he's a big unit. He's a big unit, and that's very athletic as well. He gets yeah. around the field well at training. He's still still growing and still maturing into his body. So he'll get an opportunity too on you know on Sunday night. Uh, we expect Benny to play to play some NRL this season. Uh, that, again, that that's in his court. The ball's in his court as to how he looks after himself and how he plays and how he trains. Now I want to know about the family situation, given that you've got about fifteen hookers in the side. Um, does Billy still drop over with the grandkids, etc.? Oh, he's, he's even bringing meat over now. So he's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Taking your washing away. A bottles of wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there's great competition for spots. Uh, it's, that's one position where we – well, I feel we've got good depth, you know, across the across the squad, but particularly in the nine jumper, we've got, you know, Billy uh, in front there at the moment, and he'll obviously start the season there. Uh, but there's plenty of competitions for spots from, from you know young Blake Moser, Corey Pakes has had a terrific preseason, and Tyson Smoothie is always reliable and gets mm. the job done for us all the time. So it's a great position for me as coach uh, to be in to have some some good selection choices there. Kelly, just to wrap it up, residue of the grand final, you you would have wrapped it up, put it to bed. Are these young kids that are, that are not scarred by by that, and they're ready to go? No, they're not scarred by it at all. We've, we've reviewed the game uh, in January when the, all the boys came back uh, together. Uh, we've had a look at where we feel we can get better. And a couple of those spaces were some unforced errors that happened to us, you know, in the first half, which we kept defending, kept defending, uh, which took some energy away from us in that second, you know, in the last 20 minutes of, of the game. But also uh, we stopped playing footy and we just tried to hang on to win, which... As you guys know, you've been around sport a long time. That's not the right way to win. You don't often win when you're just trying to hang on and, you know, just try and get through the end of the game and win. That that doesn't work, particularly uh, for us at the Broncos. We have so much skill in our group, you know, to uh, defend well and also attack well. So we stopped attacking, really, and just tried to hang on. So good lessons. When we get back there next year, or this year now, it'll be, um, those lessons learned will be put us in a much better position, you know, come... Uh, that period, you know, in the game or, you know, in grand finals, bigger games. We've certainly got some good learnings from last year, that's for sure. Yeah, it's time to play. Yeah, good Kevin, luck, Kevy. Yeah, good luck, mate. We really love that's having it. you on the show. You're always generous with your time to us and we appreciate it. Enjoy Sunday. It all starts up there at BB Star Prince Stadium, Sunday afternoon at three, Bronx v the Cowboys, and then we roll on into Vegas. Here we go in Vegas, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Rain it in you, blokes. <laughs> Good on you, Kevin. Thank you, mate. Thank you. We've tracked down Jimmy. I think he's been in meetings all morning. Uh, Jim Lenahan, Gold Coast Titans assistant coach and, uh, of course, one of Hills' favourite all-time coaches. Good morning, mate. Good morning, man. G'day, Jimmy. Gee, you start early, you blokes, down the Titans. Yeah, you've got to get out of the heat, Hills. Yeah, okay, good call. Good call. Another preseason just about over, mate. You know, you must be ready. Yeah, I'm definitely ready. I think the boys are ready to kill each other at the moment, so it's important <laughs> that we start playing someone else. Uh, it's been a big off-season. Um, Des has done a really good job with this and just really just excited about getting into some trial games. All right, well, give us the inside word on on the coach, mate. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of him on the media apart from a very funny press conference not long after he arrived where he was he was like the ringmaster. But what's he like to, to be around? What does he bring to this playing group? Yeah, he's exactly like he is on TV. He's um, 
comes with really good energy. He's been really great, just you know, not just for the playing group, but for the coaching staff, the whole club. He, he's invigorated uh, the Titans with a lot of really um, positive energy and uh, really looking forward to start the year. So uh, we've been working really hard this off-season like everyone does. Everyone's stronger, everyone's fitter, everyone's faster. And I haven't heard any NRL side say they haven't had a... Uh, a big off season, but certainly it's been a big one for us compared to what we've been done uh, in other years. So, uh, looking forward to see how that translates onto the footy field. Yeah, you you guys have been good, really good at um, making the Titans feel like a traditional footy club. And now Des will add to that, I reckon. Um, you know, rather than having the Gold Coast mentioned all the time. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I think the Gold Coast is always a perception held by other people outside of the Gold Coast. But once you're in here, it's um, it's home for a lot of people. So it's not the glitz and glamour when you live here all the time. It's just, it's home. So uh, certainly people who live here on the Gold Coast, um, you know, we enjoy where we live. Um, no different to, you know, everyone else who, you know, most people enjoy where they live, certainly. But the Gold Coast always has a bit of a reputation from outsiders. But certainly within... Within the Gold Coast area, it's a you know largely a hard-working blue-collar area that mm. um, you know enjoys their rugby league and and really wants their football side to do well. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and you guys would love to do it. From hey, you're not showing much of your hand this weekend against the Dolphins on the sunny coast. No, there's a lot of uh, a lot of boys who've done a lot of the preseason with us this year, and I think they're giving them a bit of reward. There's some young blokes and blokes who been around cup a little bit, so. Uh, Largely, Des just wants to give them an opportunity and a big thank you for working hard for us this preseason. And then um, I think we'll go into the next trial against Parramatta at Ipswich a little, a uh, little heavier. Yeah, I mentioned earlier with Paddy that you, you might, is there a bit of tiptoeing? You, you can come into this season a little lighter because you've got your first game against the Dragons. Then you've got to buy after that as well. Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't say we're tiptoeing. We. we We've we've been nearly playing two or three trial games a week at training. Yeah, okay, so, uh, the physicality at training has been through the roof this year compared to other years. So uh, I don't th- feel like there's you know feels like uh, there's a real need to get the physicality into our playing group too much. We're doing that largely to ourselves each week. So um, going into this first game, I think it's more just. You know, thank you to the guys who've worked really hard for us and uh, to give some of those sort of fringy first-grade guys a, a real good crack and some time to sort of cement a spot possibly into the first early rounds of the year. That's a great gesture. That's a really good gesture. It, like the positional depth that you have de- developed now, um, um, is that where you need it and want it? Yeah, I still think we're a little bit light in a couple of areas, but we're, you know, I still largely think we're a really young forward pack. I think that's been, you know, some of their highest profile players, yeah. are, you know, Tino, Dave, Bo Firma, Mo Futawaka, but they're still only turning into their 23s. Yeah. So they're really, really young. The window for good forwards is, you know, generally a little bit older into your mid to late 20s. Yeah. Um, and we've got a big window for that to come for us. So it's been real important to get the miles and the legs this preseason for a lot of those guys. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're hopeful of, you know, some improvement definitely going into this year and what we've done in our hard work going into defence has certainly looked, you know, looked really hard at that. Yeah. Hey, two questions. Dave Fafita, where's he at fitness-wise? And what are your thoughts about how Jaden Campbell fits into your 17? 
Yeah, I think I think Jaden Jaden's just still getting over that knee injury that he had last year, where he dislocated his kneecap. Mm. Um, so he's still sort of doing rehab. He's progressing well through the rehab at the moment. So hopefully, looking to see him around about round four or five, and Dave's probably around about the same. He had that pec injury through the preseason where he ruptured his pec, so he had to have a minimum three month stand down from that point too. So we're probably looking at Dave around about the same time. So hopefully they'll come back into the team um, together, which will really bolster us. Jimmy, what about the halves? You know, is AJ, well, he might be filling back in fullback now, is he? Yeah, well, at the moment, probably AJ's probably looking to be in a centre for us. Oh, so, that's right. uh, he's doing really well. He's trained there all pre-season. He's, he's done a really good job. Uh, adapting his game. Keanu Kenny's been doing a lot of reps because JC hasn't been at training with, obviously, his injury. So Keanu Kenny's been getting a lot of reps at fullback, so he'll probably start the year for us at fullback. And then um, AJ will probably be in the centres. He's an excitement machine, isn't he, Kenny? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, he's, he's still got a lot of his game to work on. He's a young, very young man. Uh, the defensive side of football, he's, he's still really working out what to do as a fullback and getting our splits right in defence, but he's uh, definitely wholehearted in the way he returns the ball, the way he runs the ball. He's fearless for a, such a small little guy. So um, he, he's certainly something that will really, uh, the next couple of years, be one to really watch. Mm. How much effort and time at this stage of the year have you put into the opposition teams, you know, and your expectations of each of those? Yeah, not, not not too much to be fair. We we the biggest team we got to focus on is us. So, yeah. Um, largely, our greatest improvement is going to come from within, and all parts of our football games got to improve definitely. And certainly, there's no uh, prizes for guessing. Defence is one of those. So, uh, defence has been a major focus in the off season. The effort that goes into it, not just uh, you know the tackle, but the defensive systems and the processes that we have in place. So. This has been working really hard on that, and uh, hopefully we've made some appropriate improvements. Hey, Jimmy, we'll let you go. Just quickly, a question about Keenan Palacia. How's he fitted in? Excellent. Done a really good job. Um, he's, he's got out of that rat race called Brisbane where they're hey, all yeah, fighting yeah. each other all the time. <laughs> and, uh, and just on top of that, I reckon, you know, I'm a little bit the other way with those sorts of guys. I reckon... Uh, those two boys fighting should be 12 months minimum. <laughs> Don't play the Titans every time we play the Broncos. So I'd love to see Paddy Carrigan out of for 12 months. I'd love to see uh, Adam Reynolds out for 12 months. <laughs> Just to make sure that, you know, brings the Broncos back to the pack a little bit. Exactly. So Palace is going all right. Well, and you mentioned Bo before, Bo Fermore. How, how's he? He, uh, he must be just jumping out of his jersey. Yeah, he's another guy that played no footy for us at all last year. So yeah. he's, uh, you know, he can't wait to get out in the footy park and and just you know start playing footy again. Yeah, uh, well, great to have you on, mate. And it won't be the last time this season. We always love chatting to you. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you, man. Now on breakfast with Pat and Heels. Heels gets his gloves off. <sighs> My writing's a bit messy in this one, Patty. So just uh, bear with me. Uh, but I found out yesterday quite a famous saying in rugby league is. You can't win a premiership with a schoolboy choir. So successful teams have always had a looseness at times with the ability to toe a line, push that line and sometimes cross it, but definitely bounce back with hard-nosed sporting professionalism when it was needed. 
Those team coaches, those teams coaches have lost more sleep about their social behaviour like the Broncos Sunday afternoon and evening than whether they'll grasp and execute a grand final plan within a fortnight. Some of the game's biggest characters and mentors have led really colourful lives between training sessions as well. Don't worry about that. Yesterday's talkback was full of disappointment for disrespect shown to the upstanding, beautiful game of football. Don't forget, the footballers were being footballers like they have forever. And there is far less of such behaviour than ever before due to the profile and phones, as well as official media interest. It is still hard to believe, however, that the captain and vice-captain were so so full that all Broncos' standards were forgotten. There were pretty there there were plenty other players enjoying that scrimmage too in public, going nowhere close to breaking it up. One only needed to be at the Sydney visa lineup for the US visas to know that the game still has a way to go behaviorally. I suggest it was ro- the wrong time to still be out, definitely in the wrong precinct where trouble could have found them if they weren't so troublesome themselves. Um, Was there a security breakdown is another question. Normally, these teams now have companions looking after them and controlling interruptions from the public into the group, not so much from from the players to the the, uh, public. But did that security or that that companion give up on that night? Um, To be moved on from a venue is pathetic behaviour, but sometimes it can be overzealous by those doormen. The wrestling after them being moved on, though, on on Sunday probably suggests the doormen were right in this occasion. Do you want to like, um, do, do what you like to each other? But when you upset the hosts and venue venue staff, it's unacceptable. Those apologies will be really interesting to watch and maybe some fines could be paid that way. This isn't the end of the line stuff uh, and it's been done heaps before. But times have now changed and they have been lectured for at least 10 years now. So hurry up, Broncos. Move with the times or get left behind. Um because you've now got even more work to do uh, to just make this an unfortunate night at the start of one of the most successful seasons our club ever had. That's got to be the goal. To our listeners, is this a mistake because they got caught? Or do you think that it's been a common occurrence? And is it terrible, bad, or just ordinary behaviour? Or is it footballers forgetting where they were and who they were uh, in the wrong place? I hope the club were more surprised than our public has been. So give us a call on 13 13 55. Let's chat a little bit about the basketball hills. It's it's pretty easy. Win and you're in. And it's been a while between playoffs for the Bullets. And uh, Justin Schiller's done a great job with the team this year. And uh, this would be another step along the journey. Justin, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Congratulations on what's been a pretty good season so far. And those finals are beckoning. But... You've got to win this weekend to uh, wrap it up, haven't you, or this Friday? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Like, um, yeah, we we never took uh, the challenge of this year and, and hoped to make playoffs. We always spoke about expecting to and to be in a position now where we get to control that. Um, if you told me that before the season, I would have taken it every single time. So, uh, yeah, like there's been a lot of lessons for us throughout the year and, 
some things that you know have helped us get to this point, and they're the lessons we'll take into this one in a in a hostile environment, but an environment we know we've already won in this year, and, and that definitely gives us confidence going over there. They will be dead keen, though, won't they? As you say, they must be disappointed with their their season this year. The Breakers they they were so happy after last year, and they haven't quite backed it up, but there's still time. Yeah, absolutely, and you know they just announced the retirement of Tom Abercrombie. Oh. Their their legend in that club, so just add a little bit more fuel for it. But um, you know, like at this stage of the year, everyone's playing for something uh, at the moment, and you know we know that they've got one game extra up their sleeves. So um, you know they've got got to bounce back after us and go down, um, come over across the seaboard and, and get their last game done. So. For them, it's a little bit different to us, and that we know it. As you said, it's winning in, and we control our world. And um, you know, they've got two in hand, so we'll see what see what that does to their mindset. I know you're not even contemplating losing, but you know, if you sit back now and just dissect season has as how it's unfolded, have you been surprised by any aspects? Um, definitely not surprised. Like I think the the just how deep the league has been this year and the, the fact that anyone genuinely could beat anyone has, has definitely been the toughest season I've been involved in my time in the league. Um, from us as a, a club point of view, like you know, we've, we've had to deal with a fair bit of adversity throughout it with guys missing out through injury or suspension or whatnot. And, um, you know, I think all those things, they put you in a good position this time of year where, you know, you're on the road in a must-win game, anything can happen and, You've had to deal with a number of things throughout throughout that journey. So, you know, feeling fully confident of, of our ability to be able to go take care of what we need to on Friday night. Mm, Sobey's back. Geez, he loves playing Adelaide this year, that's for sure. Um, and I sense that he's got some supporters ready to pull their weight as well. No, absolutely. And Sobey's has been outstanding. It's been a you know a bit of a career year for him and, uh, we know we've, we've definitely got some advantages in this game, similar to Adelaide, where we can set him up for success. But you know, we know that everyone needs to contribute this time of year, and you know, our playoffs have already started. We've been talking about that uh, for a while now. That you know, you can't win big games with any passengers, and that's been the pleasing thing, especially last week, to see you know, everyone contribute in their own way. And we're going to definitely need that again. Uh, this Friday night. Yeah, we know the club hasn't been there for a few years now. I mean, we go back to 2018, but you do have players on your roster who have been there and tasted plenty of big-time finals uh, basketball. And you. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny. My wife spoke about Valentine's Day being the last supper because she doesn't usually see me after this because <laughs> of the playoffs. But, um, it's uh, yeah, like that's a big part of what we wanted to recruit was bring winners into the building because unless you have experienced it, it, it does take a long time to, to get to that, that growth point. And, you know, Mitch Norton, Casey Prather, Sam McDaniel, like they're guys that we're definitely drawing on their experience right now and, and making sure that, uh, you know, their voices are the loudest in the locker room, along with Baines, who's done it at the highest level. So, yeah, looking forward to those guys being able to rise to the occasion. And, you know, for us, it's about living in the moment and, and narrowing the focus this time of year so that, you know, we can take care of every possession and put ourselves in the best position to win it. We have quite a topsy-turvy relationship or head-to-head with Adelaide. What, what's it like with the breakers? Uh, look, to be honest, it's, over the, the course of the journey, like Andre Lomanis came from the Breakers, so I'm sure there was a, a lot of um, you know, to and fro back then. And we've yeah. always had 
where your representation on our roster, Tyrell Harrison, obviously being the, the main one for us this year. So um, there's, there's definitely a bit of Bullets love when we're over there for sure. Um, but, you know, this is, again, a, a class franchise that's been at the, the pinnacle, one of the better franchises over recent years. So, you know, our job is to get this club back to playoff standard and, and getting towards championship success. And that's the exciting part right now is, you know, we're, we're on the doorstep of that and the ability to go and do it is, is something exciting for the club. Hey, Justin, can I get a couple of words about young Rocco? I mean, the kids love him. I mean, he's just a, a giant of a young man. Looks to be, obviously we know he's a prodigious talent, but looks to be immensely popular as well in the group. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. Like, he, um, you know, we've got a vast lot of age difference within our roster with uh, Rocco being there, but he's definitely, the, I've said it a few times, the glue guy to our, to our locker room, and for him to be able to do that at his age speaks a lot to to who he is as a person. Um, you know, like when I first spoke to him about joining us this year, it was, you know, to help him progress in his development. But he's come in and impacted winning and, and had moments for us this season that has absolutely helped the result. And, you know, the, the sky is definitely the limit, but uh, we're, we're looking forward to what he can do in this playoff run. He's done well. Has he stayed injury-free? Yeah, he has. And that's uh, credit to our performance staff in all honesty is uh, we haven't had too many miss from from you know like a an injury that we could control, and um, you know that's a credit to them and Rocco's body. Like just watching their <laughs> game against New Zealand last time, like he's put five or six kilos on since then. So wow. you know, his body's forever changing, and I guess that's the beauty of being a, a seventeen-year-old that, that's in full growth mode. Uh, Justin, what's your impression and um, uh, you know feelings about Wembenyama and and what he's been able to achieve in his first season? Yeah, I think mean, I actually had this chat with someone the other day that you know the size of athletes in our sport is only getting bigger, and so is the ability to play with the ball in their hand. And I think there was a time where you know tall athletes were told to sit in in the post and catch the ball and set a screen when we tell you to, where now uh, the skill development side of things has totally changed. And so his impact, I think, is going to be the first of many like him. And I refer to that to Rocco. Yeah. In that, you know, Rocco is shooting the three ball as well as anyone. Uh, he can play off the bounce. And you know, had Rocco come through 10, 15 years ago, maybe those skill sets wouldn't be there already. So that's no, exciting time for the sport. Um, what it does over the journey once everyone's seven foot three, I'm not sure, but right now we'll the little guys play a bit. <laughs> well, we're claiming responsibility for last week against the 36ers. We had Sobes on, and uh, we, we we reckon we're the lucky charm. We've got you on this week. Uh, you've got Friday night. You're across the ditch. A must-win game, and we wish you the best of luck. No, I appreciate it. We'll make sure the boys are on every week from here on out then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right and through until they take the big one, mate. <laughs> Justin, thank That's you. It. Good luck, Coach. No worries. Thanks, guys. Hey, the uh, 2024 Super Rugby season is not far off. Kickoff on Feb 23 with every match streaming ad-free and live on the home of rugby, Stan Sport. You can sign up at stan.com.au slash rugby. Now, big morning over in New Zealand, Heels, the uh, official launch of the season. Tate McDermott is doing the representative duties for the Reds, the co-captain. Tate, good morning. It's, uh, it's early. Thanks for joining us. Uh, morning, fellas. Thanks for having me. What's the plans for today, mate? Uh, obviously, an extravaganza to get this new season underway. 
Yeah, mate. Uh, just uh, just a bit of commercial stuff, really. So uh, the, the launch, um, we've got a captain's photo in you know a couple of minutes, and uh, you know a couple of Q and A's uh, just to promote um, the season, which is which is just around the corner. So uh, yeah, it's an exciting time. That captain's photo, Tate. Are you in your red strip? Uh, not yet. I'll have to quickly jump into that in, in a second, but. Uh, I've brought it with me. Yeah, do you still like putting it on, donning it on pre-season like this for for photos as such? It's a, I'd imagine it's a great feeling. Oh, every time you get to yeah. throw the maroon jersey, it's an amazing feeling. Regardless if it's a photo shoot or not, um, you know it's pretty special to to see that. Um, and you know I love it. Hey, lots to talk about the team, but obviously the big, big change at Ballymore is the new coach, mate. Uh, you've got to be careful here. We're both Bundy boys, me and Les Kiss, so I only want high praise of him. Oh, uh, well, you wouldn't believe it. I'm a Bundy boy as well. So, mate, oh. uh, I, uh, yeah, born and, oh, well, not raised, but I was born there. But, yeah, I've really enjoyed working under Les um, so far. Um, you know, him and his, his London Irish staff that he's brought across, um, you know, they've, they've been phenomenal and, and pretty much picked up from where Thorny uh, left off. So the foundations that Thorny built are still there. He didn't come in and change everything. And, he's, um, you know, his vision for the way this team, uh, in the direction this team wants to go is, uh, is impressive. And, um, you know, yeah, I really like him, uh, working working with him. Can you give us a hint on, on what sort of style and, and how will it differ from the, the, the Thorny era? Yeah, I think there'll be a lot more ball movement. Um, the way he wants to play is pretty aggressive, um, you know, so uh, hopefully it'll be entertaining to watch. But we've we just got to make sure that when we play this aggressive wide-to-wide kind of style, um, it opens us up to a, to a bit of threat to the breakdown. So if we get that area of our game right, um, you know, we'll be a good team this year. And, um, you know, we, we showed glimpses of that in Roma on the weekend. Yes, right. Because all, all we're hearing and reading about is massive squads. You know, three lots of half an hour and chopping and changing. And, and no, we can't get a handle on just how well you're going. How is it feeling at the moment? Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, the first trial was was three thirties. Um, the one on the weekend was two forty. So a lot more similar to to what we're going to face in uh, you know a week and a half's time in our season opening in Waratahs. So we've got a good taste of them. Um, you know, they'll be disappointed with that performance. But uh, for us, it was just a trial. Um, and, and we know that the real deal's uh, just around the corner. We've got to make sure we front for that. So, um, yeah, but I'm really happy with the space we're in at the moment. Um, we've, we've got a couple of new boys uh, that are fitting in really well in the squad and, and are performing well as well. And, and that's what we what we need from some Queensland uh, rugby players, which is, which is good. Yeah, you might give us a name or two, but because I bet it feels like to you... There's whippersnappers everywhere. Yeah, I, I think guys, uh, you know, familiar guys like Jock Campbell, Hunter Plast Army, uh, who from their standards had a disappointing year last year with injury and uh, missed out in World Cup selection. That, they've come back um, and absolutely flourished under Les. And, um, you know, new guys, we've got an uh, ex-All Black, uh, Alex Hodgman, who's, who's been performing really well at uh, two solid trials um, and will be a, a decent player for us at loose head. Mm. Um, and yeah, mate, we've got we've got a lot of young guys that are that have taken, um, you know, really positive steps in the right direction during this preseason as well. Hey, I reckon there'll be a bit of hunger in that Ford pack, won't there, mate? Because there's a couple of the prominent ones that Eddie sort of overlooked, didn't he? And I reckon there'll be there'll be a little fire burning in the belly of a few of those boys. 
Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and we were actually in a space now where, where we've got decent depth in the forward pack as well, which is uh, which is positive. So uh, guys like Harry Wilson will be uh, mm. ready to rumble. Um, you know, even Liam Wright, my, my co-captain, um, mm. you know, he'll be he'll be all cylinders firing come, uh, come Saturday in a week's time. Uh, um, Tate, you know the the ball movement idea that you might be going to increase and and it will emerge. We've we've been sloppy with ball movement, haven't we? In Australian rugby, we we either drop one at the wrong time in the wrong part of the field or give up a penalty. So, if is it um, a case of just having to go for it and get better at it rather than be worried that it might happen again? Yeah, I think confidence is is one part of it, um, but we've had to upskill. We've had to get. We've had to get fitter, um, and we've had to, you know, really work hard on that side of the game. And, and a lot of that is based around your breakdown speed of ball, um, which we've had a huge focus on. So, uh, yeah, mate, I'm excited to see what we put out there. I'm just reading a couple of quotes this morning from Jock Campbell. He's loving these little tweaks to the offside kick laws. It's going to free up the fullbacks to attack from back there, which is great news, isn't it? A bit more of that running rugby. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a great step forward for Super Rugby Pacific, and um, you know the teams that we uh, really looking forward to to run the ball back rather than what we're seeing in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, okay. Sorry, um, guys. I've got to I've got to run to this this photo. Yeah, yeah right. no problems, mate. We really appreciate your time Get today. Get the hair right. Is your hair good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Socks thanks, up. Thanks, fellas. See you, mate. Oh, they've after that photo, they've got the Waratahs first up, and mm. I. You know, looking at their first four, Waratahs, Hurricanes, Chiefs, then the Rebels, they probably can't look any further than one game at a time, mm-hmm. eh? because that comp is very tough. Had a little bit to do with Les. Uh, interviewed him in Bundaberg recently. Um, look, I haven't seen him for years because he's been overseas for years. You know, I remember he was a hell of a league player. We love watching yeah. him play league. But, yeah, he, he went in a different direction. He's tried so many things in his life and uh, so well-respected. And just the messages I'm getting, you know, talking to the Jimmy Tuckers of the world, et cetera, uh, I think they're loving him down at Pallymore, well, so where fingers did, crossed. Where did you find that chip kick information? That's very good, Paddy. Mm, the new laws. Yeah. Came in yesterday. Did, do you just sit at home and read laws? Mm. You're unbelievable. <laughs> so, yeah, we might get you onto the surfing laws one day. No, um, no surfing today, Doc Fields. <laughs> sunset, sunset is on hold until tomorrow. There you go. You've got the latest on that. And what about Les bringing his London Irish uh, staff over? Have we heard of them before? I've heard of a couple, but uh, yeah. yeah, look, he's. You don't uh, read coaching books, do you? No. Like law books. Mm, he's the he's the head coach. He can do what he's like. Yeah. Well, we haven't lost a game. Oh, and I wonder if there's any messaging filtering down from that failed World Cup campaign. Australian rugby teams. Get your act together. Mm. Okay. All right, Hills, we'll take a break and we'll be back with more Breakfast with Pat and Hills right here on SENQ.